You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. My name is Brennan Middleton, and today we have with us a special guest, Ronald Olson, who recently retired after being a city manager for over 35 years. And it was just published a new book called How to Manage a City. We're here today to discuss some of the key takeaways he was able to capture from being a city manager in over seven different cities and more specifically advice he has for how to become an effective city manager in today's political environment. Welcome to the show, Ron. It's great to have you. Appreciate it. Good to see you again. So real briefly, before we jump right in, for those listening, uh, Mr. Olson uh, started as a government intern in the city of West Jordan, Utah and worked his way up through the ranks and eventually became the city manager there. After spending nearly 14 years in West Jordan, he served as a city manager in six other local governments of various sizes and complexities, including cities such as Corpus Christi, Texas. He's now retired and has decided to reveal the inside story of how cities work in his new book, How to Manage a City. So with that, I'm gonna jump right in, Ron. Um, sure. I think for those that haven't seen your book or, or, or maybe be uh, curious about why they should read the book. Could you give us a little context and just talk about um, just the why? why? Why did you write the book and tell us a little bit about it before we jump to specifics? Well, you know, being a city manager is an intense profession and I spent 40 years uh, in local government, as you said, over 35 as a city manager. And by the time I'd finished that, um, my mind was like completely full all the time about uh, about managing a city. I dreamed about it at night. I thought about it during the day and I thought, I just need to decompress my brain and um, kind of download a lot of this information. And, and the format that took was a book on how to manage a city. And um, another thought I had there was, you know, perhaps along the way, other people who are considering getting into the profession or or just have curiosity about how cities function uh, might be able to learn something from all of that. So those were the things in the back of my mind when when I started writing the book. Excellent. And, and sort of the, the basis and the structure by which you organized it, um, I want to talk about <laughs> that. So you mentioned in the book um, about 60% of local governments have some type of council slash manager form of government. I think that's important. Um, and you speak to that in terms of about four primary duties of a city manager. You structure your book in that way. Could you right. talk to us a little bit about each four? And then I'd love to go in a little bit more deeper on some of them more so than others. But could you talk to sure. us for a little bit? Well, from, from my perspective, you know, a lot of times people had asked me what, when we met at a a social gathering of some kind. What, what do you do? And when I told them I was a city manager, then the next question was, well, what is it a city manager does? So I had to think a lot about that. Um, the title of the position reveals part of it. That is, you manage city operations, but that's not all of it. And uh, there are several other things that I think are very important. Uh, for, for example, providing leadership advising the city council, engaging the public. Uh, it is possible to be a good manager of things, but if you don't 
master those other uh, duties, those other three duties, I don't think you can really excel as a city manager. So, so leadership is uh, very important. I spend some time in the book talking about the qualities and characteristics of leadership that I think are important for city managers. Uh, advising the city council, which is always uh, a tricky job to do, but it's very critical. And engaging the public in today's world, that's just vital. So those are the four areas that I built the book around. Excellent. And, and I love the first one, leadership. Um, I want to touch on that just for a moment. I love the conversation and the concept of leadership because for me, leadership means a little bit different, means a little bit different perspective to different people. And I'd love to get yours while I have you on, you talk about so much in the book and I love that, but I'd love to get your specific perspective on what, to your point, what, what are the characteristics of a good, effective city leader? Well, I, I in the book, I identify 11 of those characteristics and talk a little bit about each one of them and why they're important. Let me just point out a couple here in my conversation with you that I think are, are quite important. And the first one would be to be trustworthy. The city council has to be able to rely on a city manager's uh, character and, um, uh, and ethics to be able to trust what, what the city manager is telling them. And when that fails, it's time for a city manager to start looking for a new job because it just doesn't work. I mean, it's key to everything. Yeah. Uh, another area that <clears throat> over the course of time I found was very important was courage. Uh, in today's political environment in cities, as well as, you know, the general political environment around the country, you've got to have the courage of your convictions. You've got to be able to stand up for what you believe in. Uh, and you've got to be bold in pursuing the agenda. And when I say bold, what I mean is <clears throat> when you're in a city and you see that something needs to be done, particularly it needs to be improved or changed, you need to do that. And, and you've got to be bold in that process. You can't, you can't be wimpy about it. You've got, to, you've got to go after it and make the changes that you see that are necessary. So those are three I'd point out in my conversation with you. As I said, there are 11 other, I think, really important characteristics that are in the book. Of course, they can get the other, uh, the other eight by uh, grabbing the book and taking a read for themselves. So. <laughs> That's one that. of course. Sure. So uh, you also mentioned another important aspect I want to touch on and get your perspective, Ron, is you mentioned that advising the elected body is, is sort of the city manager's second duty. And you listed it number two. And I think you did that on purpose. Um, <laughs> good, a good city manager, as everyone, uh, the entire audience of this show, um, obviously knows that a good city manager must be in sync with the desires of the council. They've got to sure. be in sync with them. They've got to be responsive. They have to listen. Otherwise, it's not going to work out and policies aren't going to change or get implemented. And then has to map out a course of action to enable the city council to carry out its goals. Um, from your point of view, how should a city manager approach the role of advising the elected body while sort of avoiding the temptation of crossing over into the advocacy lane? Well, Advising a city council is um, a difficult and a and and an area of being a city manager that requires a lot of skill and practice. Um, 
we live in a political environment and 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 that is also true for cities uh city managers work for typically an odd number of city council members five seven nine eleven sure uh and i guarantee that every one of those individuals see the world differently and they have different goals and agendas and being able to help the city council uh, with a process that allows all 11 or however many there are, all of the city council members to speak their mind, uh, be heard, feel like they've been heard, and, um, and then allow them to find uh, an acceptable middle ground to all of that so that they can move forward. Uh, it's a tricky business. And that's what I mean when I, I talk about advising the city council is the city manager really becomes kind of the protector and the facilitator of the democratic process without getting engaged in what the outcome is. Managing the process, coaching the process, and letting the council make the value decisions that create the policies that govern the city. Uh, it, that's, what, that's what I'm talking about when I say advise the city council, is to control that democratic process and ensure that everyone has a voice and that uh, the decisions are being made in a good, rational way that is pointed at solving the problems, not in winning the day. That's, that's so great. Governing the democratic process and, and I'm willing to bet listening is one of your skills of an effective leader at the same time. It, it is indeed. And communication generally is, yes. That's fantastic. All right, so one last point here, Ron, before we move on to kind of the second part of your book where you talk about systems and setting up different infrastructure to effectively run a city. One last point I want to talk on in some of the duties is I found it interesting that the name of the position is a city manager, yet of the four duties that you mentioned, you ranked managing city operations as the third duty. Why didn't you mention that one first? Well, from my perspective, managing is somewhat of a mechanical process. Uh, whether you're managing a city or you're managing a small business or a big business or you name it, whatever you're managing, it's a, it's a fairly straightforward, almost mechanical process. Uh, you evaluate, uh, you make a plan, and then you execute the plan. And when that's all done, you go back and you reevaluate it, see how you did, revise your plan, and then execute again. So it's kind of a circular process of evaluation, planning, and execution. Uh, <clears throat> that's very important. I mean, at the end of the day, city managers are hired to get the job done, to make sure the services are being provided and... Um, and that the uh, policies of, of the city council are being carried out. So if you don't do that, you fail as a city manager. But in addition to managing the operations of the city, you've got these other aspects that I've, we've touched on, leadership, advising the city council and engaging with the public. And I submit that I don't care how well you do the mechanical process of managing, 
if you don't do those other things, you fail as a city manager as well. So I put managing third because I want to emphasize the importance of those other things. Love that. Love that. All right, let's shift just a moment and talk about what I think is going to be super helpful uh, to a lot of young professionals that want to become a city leader or a county manager. Um, they want to be, become that leader that you described. So you talk about in the second half what you refer to as nine systems of local government. Mm-hmm. Could you just briefly describe those <laughs> systems and why they, are, why they were worth mentioning in your book? Yes. Uh, when you look at what cities do, in, in my mind, I can divide all of the things that cities do into five basic categories. Public works, public safety, recreation, community and economic development, and then support services that support those other four things. Every one of those four things have nine systems uh, that affect how they uh, perform their their work. If those if any one of those nine systems are not functioning well, then then the actual delivery of the service in those five categories is, is very difficult. So so I talk about those nine systems because I think when a city manager takes a new job and starts the initial evaluation process of looking at a city and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to be the manager of this city. And what am I going to do? What's my agenda? What, what are my priorities? I think that, I think that a manager ought to go in and look at these nine systems, prioritize, look at the problems inside of each of the nine systems, prioritize them, and then attack the job in, in a way that builds up these nine systems so that the five functional categories can do their job and deliver the services to the people. So, so those nine systems, I'll just quickly go through them. Uh, when you hear them, they'll make all the sense in the world because they apply virtually to every organization, including cities. One is the governance system, how the, govern, how the policy process works that gives the overall guidance to the, to the organization. Uh, the management system, it comes back to those three mechanical things and, and how have you built that into your organization so that it, it works well for, you know, every department, every division, every function. The money system, the people system, the technology system, uh, customer service and how that system works, communication, how you interact with people inside and outside of the organization. Uh, citizen engagement system, you know, how does that, how does that function in your organization? So you engage with your customer base, so to speak. And then I put uh, continuous improvement in there because in my mind, an organization never becomes perfect. It's always, you know, whatever level of achievement it's at, it can always do a little better. So you have to be thinking about continuous improvement all the time going back and looking at these nine systems and applying the management process to to all of them. So it, it's just one continual round that really never stops. It's it's like, it's, it's why it took me 40 years to retire. It's like, I haven't gotten this perfect yet. So let's just keep working on it till I find the perfect organization. 
I retired after 40 years and I still haven't found the perfect organization because continuous improvement is kind of a yeah. eternal principle that never stops. That's right. And I certainly, we certainly couldn't justify 40 years of experience in a 20 minute interview. And I almost feel like we need a, a round two to talk through these nine. I mean, we could sit here and dive into each one of those and how you approached each one individually and the challenges that go along with each and how you refined each one to optimize how you effectively ran the entire city at each spot. Probably different size and scale regional aspects have to impact how you approached it some of those i have stories for every one of those <laughs> some of them are funny and some of them make you cry <laughs> sure sure so quick teaser we might have a round round two or a a, um, a sequenced uh, podcast episode here but all right ron um let's kind of move into the latter part of the, the interview here and we, and we talked about a little bit like as you wrap up the book it sort of concludes with a warning um for lack of a better way to put it a warning that city management profession is not for the faint-hearted. I think people have heard that before, but for those who wish to contribute to the community full of satisfaction and reward, what is that warning about? Well, being a city manager is an intense, um, demanding profession. Um, it requires a lot of energy and a lot of emotional energy. Uh, and it's got a lot of uncertainty. If you're running, well, especially large organizations, but even small ones, if you're managing properly and delegating properly, most of the routine issues and problems that come up can be handled somewhere inside of the organization. So the city manager tends to get the problems that no one else can handle. Uh, they are difficult. There is no cookie cutter answer to them. If there was, somebody else would handle it. And, and so the uncertainty and the demanding nature of uh, the engagement with elected officials, the public, the community, um, you know, for somebody that just wants to go to work and put in their eight hours and go home and have a regular life, uh, it's probably not the profession for you because, because the requirements are too intense. And so that's really the warning. You know, if you're considering a city management profession, uh, don't make the mistake of thinking it's going to be easy because I, I assure you it is going to be challenging. I love that. Which is why I love the job too, by the way. Of course. <laughs> I love that. So th thank you, Ron, for elaborating a little bit on that. I think it's short and important. I'm glad that you, you rounded out the book at the end with that concept. So, um, Wrap us up, Ron, if you don't mind, like what would you describe in any way? What other advice would you have for people looking to serve in leadership roles in local government? <clears throat> well, I'd say two things, Brennan. Uh, uh, first of all, I want to emphasize the importance of ethics uh, in the public sector. And I would argue even in the private sector, every time I have seen a major failure of an organization, where it gets in the newspapers and everybody, you know, hates it because uh, because something just went terribly wrong. Uh, it was a failure of ethics to begin with. So I think ethics is are just vital. I everybody who's aspiring to manage any part of uh, the public sector needs to be very clear about what their ethics are. 
and, and what it means and what it means to them. Uh, they need to give that a great deal of thought. Um, the, other, the other thing I would leave you with, the second thing is that public service is noble work. It, it, it is more than just going to work in the morning and com coming home in the evening. It contributes to the uh, welfare and to the uh, benefit of actual people and their lives every single day. And, um, and to me, that's noble. That, that is, that's not just a job. That, that is, um, that's a calling because it contributes to, um, to society and to individual people. So I, those are the two additional things I would say at this point that people ought to be thinking about. So great. I appreciate it, Ron. Thank you so much for doing this, first of all. And I, I appreciate you sharing not only what you put in the book, but just additional insight and the makeup behind what you put in the book that that's not necessarily on the, on the pages. So I, I appreciate your honesty, transparency. Thank you for your, your public service and all that you've done over the last 40 years. And um, just want to remind our audience, the book is fairly recent, just came out. You can, you can find the book on in many bookstores, obviously on Amazon. And it's called, just to reiterate, how to Manage a City by Ronald Olson. So, Ron, thanks again. For all of our listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership. Stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. We look forward to having you join us next time. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, Modernizing Government Leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.